Hey yo, Johnny Dumas here, the founder and host of Entrepreneurs on Fire, and welcome to Team Engineered. If you're looking to lead a team of engineers or engineer your team for greatness, tune in now with your podcast hosts, Jade Green and Kyle Probert, and be prepared to ignite. Uh, so three, two, one, good afternoon <laughs> and good afternoon to everyone that is listening to us. Now we're having a little bit of a laugh because we, we're trying out a, a new way to record our podcast. And normally we're used to a three, two, one go or a five, four, three, two, one go. So today we're winging it and we've kind of got this intro thing going. So good afternoon. Good afternoon. We've been jamming for ages today, so it feels like, is it afternoon? Is it nighttime? Is it still morning? What happened? <laughs> it is. It is. And the, the good thing is, is that we've come out of our six-week solid, and um, I don't know if anyone's followed along with us, but six-week solid. So we can't actually go back to having a beer on a Friday, which is nice. This is a glass so that Kyle recording. purchased for me at um, one of our intensives. <laughs> <laughs> so we are recording on a Friday, wherever you might be catching us. And um, this is a bit of a wind down and a wind up for us. We um, we sort of quite enjoy getting on the talk, talking about teams and engineering our teams and all of those things. So today we thought we'd talk about the role of the coach and the captain in a team and how that applies to your team, wherever you are. Yeah. So we were kind of jamming. We've talked a little bit before about culture and you know, some businesses like, I want a culture like a family. And we're like, I don't know about your family, but I certainly don't want to have to work with one all day. Love you guys. Um, and how and how using more of an analogy of building your premiership football team or your Super Bowl football team has, has way, it's far more meaningful. And like talk, we talk about then like playing for the, the logo on the front of the jersey rather than the name on the back which kind of brings us into that that thinking of coach and captain and the different roles of the players within your team and how you can really create your premiership Super Bowl winning team department company. Yeah. And and I, I have to admit I I've spoken about this a couple of times, but I have I really noticed this season, so um 2021 soccer season with um, my young black Kobe and the role that he played in his soccer team now under 13s so certainly not playing for sheep stations um but you know the, the under 13s um they're starting to get into a more formalized you know like they're they're there to play soccer they're they're not just there to kick and giggle so a little bit more serious the coaching's a bit more structured um the team structure's a lot more structured and what I really noticed was and and you know proud dad moment was the way that Kobe as the captain looked after the team while the coach was doing his job and you know the the best example of that was you know pre-game warm-up they're expected to turn up dressed ready to rock and roll and you know what kobe's role was as captain was to get everyone warmed up and run them through the warm-up sequence that the coach had planned out for them i love it so really it, it's just it it's amazing to see um you know even in such a like a young team how that dynamic is super super important to um probably the efficiency of how they get themselves out on the team and how they're prepped ready for the day um but also positioning um and positioning might not be the greatest word but positioning the captain as the leader mm. 
Yeah, I think um, one of the key things there about like the the captain, it's it really is the team leader on the field, right? It's the 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 person the team can turn to when the chips are down. Uh, it's the someone that can you know so that everyone's not just running off doing their own thing can can call the plays and knows when to also mm. leverage the skills of the other people that are on the field. So mm. a good captain never takes all of the glory for themselves, right? They really do look at the the individual players on the on the on the field, what the situation they're in, makes the play in the moment. So the coaches set the the playbook and they know what, you know, they've all been drilled and that, but the captain's really the one that's there that's like, okay, cool. Let's let's take this and and run with it and um can be the the rock, I suppose. Yeah, and and they do need to be the they're almost the motivational pivot. So they're they're you know in that in that warm up, you know it's it's and like we're talking thirteen year olds in in Kobe's case, like they're not necessarily the most motivated bunch of kids. <laughs> so you know right from that very start, the job is okay. Let's get into our warm up. Let's keep moving. You know we we start to get the brain focused and on the game. You know. We, we need to warm up. We need to get our feet moving. We need to get our heads into the game. And, you know, that, that motivational piece starts, you know, right at the warm up and then rolls into the game. That's, that's the, the pivotal piece is that they're keeping the motivation going. Whether they're up or down, they're mm -hmm. keeping the focus where the coach wants the focus. Yeah. Yep. It's also that person on the team that knows when to give a bottom pat or a bit of a rev up too, right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, and sometimes, um, you know, you, you, it, until you start watching and noticing what the captain's doing, and, you know, I, I have to admit, I hadn't seen it until I was watching Kobe in that, mm. that role, about how important it was for all of those tiny little pieces. And, you know, certainly in under 13s, it's, it's only a tiny little piece. Like, it, it's not, he, he's got no idea on the role that he was actually playing. But, it's it's it was interesting to watch how important that was to the team cohesion and how they they ran as a team yeah beautiful beautiful i actually like as you know i've played a lot of football um and i'm reminded of one of the last got a few bum taps got a few little bum taps definitely um but i can i remember basically one of the last times i played nationals and i I might be seen as the motivational person that could be the team captain, but I'm not the one that's on the field. I didn't have the the actual technical knowledge of the – and I didn't really – I panic a little bit when I'm on the field. So my coach was always like, I can see your brain ticking. It's like clogs, like clunk, 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 clunk. It's like, God. I'm the work – when I'm on the field, I'm the workhorse and I'm the mouth. So my my I'm not I'm not the captain. Um, but what was really important is it, playing to the strengths of the team members, my job became motivator. So the captain was great, but she didn't, and she was great on the field, great at being able to see who needs to do what, knowing who to rev up in the moment, who to like, what to do in those moments uh, and really lead in that sense. But maybe because of fear of public speaking or whatever, wasn't great in the pre-game motivation or the post-game rap in terms of bring us together and the coach didn't feel like it was his role. It was kind of, so we kind of co, I suppose, co-captain in that respect. So my job was before we went on, I'd give the huddle 
and the motivational rev up and no teamwork makes the dream work uh sort of <laughs> conversation and what actually what all was the really, cliches yeah i actually oh how funny i didn't even realize this till just then i i was the captain's sub so we actually subbed on and off for each other i was the workhorse she was the uh try scorer i'd come in for defense she'd come on for offense uh, and obviously that meant that he had one of us on the field every time. So clever. <laughs> <laughs> Playing to the strengths. I, I am sure that was completely by accident. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Um, but again, the, the right captain won't allow their ego to get in the way. They will play to the strengths. And we talked about this with Jaco's. Um, books and specifically because I've been reading um, the I think it's called the leadership handbook it's like the 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 field book um, and how he talked about um, with the SEAL teams and that knowing when the ego needs to step aside and let others step forward and pay attention to the different skills and like when's the right time to to pull those levers and I really think that those analogies can come into place and we can take them from military, from football and drop them in to our, our teams and our departments. Absolutely. And, and, you know, we aren't just here to talk about teams and um, soccer teams and football teams. So, you know, it, it's important to think about this in, in the context of a team in our work environment and the team leader is the captain, you know, the, the team leader is the one that's um, yeah, guiding everyone along, keeping everyone on track. Um, they might hold the the playbook, so to speak, you know, the work orders and all of that sort of stuff. Um, they might be trying to decipher who's best to take on some of those things, but they're the captain of the team. They're the one that's keeping the motivation going. They've got the playbook. They're running everything out. And they're and on the field with them. Like, so they're in the work on, with them. Yeah. Yeah, and so they've they've got a a different role to play, but in that same um, that same team and that same you know they're they're not standing over everyone, they're they're not cracking a whip so to speak. Um, they're the motivator, and you know sometimes the motivator is cracking the whip and telling you to pick your socks up. Sometimes it's just a you know let's let's have a better run at it next time. Yeah, uh, I think like if you think about the engineering teams, right? Your team leader's still on the workshop floor with with the with the crew. Yeah. Right, they do the same drills. They do the same things. There's they they may be the one that has to make the plays, keep the motivation, but ultimately they're still um, they're still in the same team. Whereas that's where the difference of say the coach comes in, which isn't in the day to day with them, isn't on the field with them, and has the opportunity to elevate to the coach's box yeah. to be able to see the bigger and picture. We were having a bit of a laugh um, earlier about, you know, why does the coach sit in the box away from all the players? And, you know, jokingly I said it's so that they could yell and swear as much as they wanted about everyone and no one could hear them. And, yeah, you know, look, I think even as the, as the captain and, and the coach or the team leader and the, the engineering manager or the manager, you certainly have days where you, all you want to do is yell and scream. And we have those days, whether that's with our family, with our, our workmates, with, you know, even anywhere in our world we always have those days but I, I, as much as we see the the coaches yelling and screaming in the box that's not the reason that we want them up and away from the sideline 
Uh, although it, it, do, it certainly helps to manage the emotions of, of the, the coach not just giving a direct spray in the heat of the moment because they're so passionate about what needs to be done, right? Uh, we've all had the coach that gives the uh, emotional response, not necessarily the very helpful feedback, like, don't catch the ball with your teeth. Really? <laughs> really? That's what you're going to give me right now? Not helpful. Like, Use your freaking hands. How many fucking times <laughs> I need to tell you? They're like, yes. Um, but no, it is it is that opportunity to get out of the weeds and it like it's so much easier to sit from above and watch what's going on with the other team or the players on the field to know what the best tactics are, what the next moves are. And we know this from any situation, really, project management, um, process planning. Anything like that. If you're in, if you're in the thick of it, and you're in the shit of it, or like even when you feel like you're, it's this is um the dichotomy of flow as well. Like sometimes when we feel like we're in flow and we're happy to make risky decisions, or we feel so good, we don't always make the best decisions. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. Yep. Being able to have, being able to have that elevated view and look at the bigger picture. But most importantly, get the feedback from the people that are in the game, in the workshop, right? The guys that are down there coming up with the ideas, coming up with the solutions and doing it allows you not to get too bogged down in the detail, which then allows you to see, okay, what the what ifs that come out of it. So, okay, cool. Got that idea because you've not had to use all your cognitive lobe and your brain space, like doing all of the little nitty gritty bits of the, say, the project plan or the process plan. And then be able to go, okay, well, let's look at what we've got and let me let me make it better. Yeah. And I think this this is a really important distinction about um, the captain and the coach about that they're, they're not necessarily the best player. And <laughs> you know, particularly and, and that's that's not their role though. That's it, it's it seems to be how in our teams people get promoted is that they're really, really good at their job. So they get promoted into leading everyone. Whereas um, if we if we break apart the hierarchy type thoughts and go to a more network type structure, you know, that person over there might be our technical expert, but this person over here is actually our captain or our um, coach because they've got a different set of skills. And I think that's a really key point in, in our teams is that we think about playing everyone to the right skill set so that they do actually achieve what they want. And um, yeah, certainly break apart the hierarchy type thinking. Thinking. Yeah, look, because if we really think about it, though, the especially say in engineering or technical um, skill based uh, roles and and careers, the personality type that makes them amazing at doing the job by default does not lend it to send them, lend themselves to leadership and people management. Yeah. Right. They're, and and we need to recognize and this is why I hate that success is based on moving up the people management um, structure and ladder, yeah. because we kind of put this um, mantle upon like, OK, if you're a people manager, then you're successful. But not not everyone's yeah. designed to be like that. Like and and that's why I love what you talk about with networks and realizing that every person plays equally as an important role and that should not be the marker of success because honestly, like if you think about your absolute geniuses in designing, uh, drawing your schematics 
or working out a new um, process and having to calculate like your flow and pressure and things like that, right? The way that person's brain works is very fundamentally different to say a really people person, the coach person that reads emotion, who is emotionally, like super emotionally intelligent, uh, knows how to um, build the relationships, like really go into those things and the empathy and the care of, not saying they don't care about people, but that's their natural default. And that doesn't mean that the, the supporter person can't do the other stuff. It's just which way they naturally lean. And so we turn, like, we often end up pushing people into the wrong position and it kills their soul and then their work suffers. Yeah. Like, and then you've got your best technician is now dropping the ball and maybe missing things when they're doing their designs or putting the wrong O-rings in or something because their cognitive load's being taken up doing something that's not in their natural state and they're, they're like yep. in overload. So you want to be really careful that you don't just promote someone because they're great at the task and that you really do focus on what are the actual skills needed to do that particular duty, that particular job. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think it's um, even if, you, if you're in the middle of an organisation and you have a team and you report upwards, you know, it's important that you recognise all of these things and in be able to implement it in your own team, even if that's not a part of the broader culture, mm. because you'll get better outcomes. 100%. And look, your superiors will love you coming with new ideas because sometimes they haven't thought about it or they just haven't had time to put put into thinking about your actual team and your actual department. So don't think just because someone hasn't trained you like it that you can't do it. Like always, always think about how you can come with ideas, but how you can just start applying some of these principles. You're the team leader or you're the engineering manager or like you're running your department, your show, step up. Really think about making your own little culture within the culture. And we've, we've all worked for that person that we go the extra mile for, you know, that, that you you might not necessarily be able to put your finger on why, but you always you always did that little bit more for that person. Their team always achieved just that little bit more, and it's it's not by luck, it's not by chance that that happens. There's there's essentially science behind it. There's methods behind being able to do it. Some people naturally do it, and some people have to work to be able to do it. But it's certainly a skill. It's not just a chance. Yeah. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Let's let's talk about um, the the different positions in a team, and like how how do we identify who should do what? <laughs> well, you just you throw it all at a dartboard, and it should all just come together. <laughs> <Ta -da! laughs> so th there's a there's a myriad of different ways that we can approach. Um, how to how to select people into the people leadership role as opposed to a technical role or even um, planning. You know, like we, we sort of, we, we seem to, and it, it's a common thing where we sort of go, okay, you know, when, you, when you're the technical person, you do the technical thing. And then when you lead the people, you lead the people and you plan the people and you look after the people and you're also the technical expert. So you take on these four roles and, I'm exhausted. you know, as we said before, you, you, 
<laughs> well, we were fantastic at one of them, not necessarily all of them. So and it's it's a big stretch to expect someone to be able to um, have a really high technical skill level, but then also be able to look after the team or, you know, to be able to really key into the the people side of things, but then have a, a mind to be able to schedule what's going on. Yeah, but me as a team leader or me as the boss, I should do everything because everyone, like I, I'm the I'm the one at the top though, right? I should do everything. And, and this is this is where in your team, you might be able to start thinking laterally a little bit and going, okay, so I'm, I'm not necessarily the boss, okay? My, I'm not the guy standing on everyone's back cracking the whip. Not every day. <laughs> only on Thursday. Okay, so only on a Thursday because <laughs> no one's turned up. <laughs> but so so what you might start to identify is that, well, actually my skill is in the team cohesion. So I'm, I'm going to focus on rallying the troops and getting everyone working and, and doing the things well you know not not necessarily having the technical expertise but doing the things well because i know that bob over there is absolutely a guru you know when i was when i started you know and i was only a boy he taught me everything and you know he's taught absolutely everyone everything so why try and take that role away when particularly that might be his identity you know that's that's what he turns up for every day he doesn't give a shit about the paycheck he's turning up because everyone comes to him you know, he's he's the, the pivotal piece in the knowledge of the business. Yeah. yeah. And then, sorry, talk, go. Sorry, I was, I was going to say. So then you might actually find that you've got, um, and I'm going to throw a name out there. Hayden sits over on the other side, and his mind is absolutely perfect for scheduling things. And so rather than you trying to take all of those roles on, you've now got two other people that are a part of the network. To help you achieve the role of the whole team yeah beautiful i was i was talking to my uh my butcher crew um yesterday actually and this morning as well and we know that within the stores we need the people person that's gonna bring the fun right and we talk about like okay let's have a look at the who who could be that person who and someone would go oh that should really be the team leader they should be the motivation but no, actually someone with the personality and it might change each day and it's on the captain to go, hey, do you know what? We need a bit of lightheartedness today. Louie, can you step up? Can you can can we just give you all power? Just bring the dad jokes, bring bring the uh bring the giggles. Pump the tunes. Like pump the tune, like let's let's empower that person because do you know what? Every team needs fun as well, and that and that role is never really assigned. And or or the person that could do it, given the power to do it, and the and it looked at as an actual contribution. So we're not talking about goofing off and like you know watching cat videos or TikToks or distracting the rest of the team. But yeah, millennials. You, yeah, millennials. Um, but I'm talking about like when you focus in on someone's core skill if you give them recognition for that and say hey you know when you feel that the energy is really flat in the workshop just lift the mood for me because there's usually always one like you know there's always one that's got a bit of a joke or you know that's something inappropriate or you know they've just got something that they can read the energy of the of the space and do something that that raises the vibe now 
in yeah. environments where that's been frowned upon before, they might shy that away. Or if it's not given the right feedback, it could go down the line of, okay, you know, running amok and not being productive. But with the right coaching around it and the right empowerment and the right purpose given to it, it can be a super, super powerful thing because you really do need someone that can can read the energy of a room and help switch it. Likewise, you need the the someone, and maybe that is the team leader, but it shouldn't always fall on the team leader either, right? That when it's when the energy's gone a little bit too haywire, is the voice of reason or the let's get back right on track. Know. Like, okay, cool, that was super fun. Great. Let's get this. What can we get done the next hour? Or and and just knows how to circle it back around. So it's it's this is where you can look as your team leader, what are the skills, individual skills and geniuses of my players, my team members, and what can I work with them on? And then talk to your coach and say, hey, these are like, which might be your engineering manager, it might be your up level, it might be the owner of the business to go, they, this is what I naturally see. This is what I think my team needs as a, as a set of players. Like I'm, at the moment, I'm short, I'm short a winger, which is my mouth to raise the energy, right? I need to bring someone in like the next hire, like if we can try and find that personality type, that would that would round out my premiership team. Like if you start looking at that and looking at like what your bench is and what your what your team is and like how do you make that epic culture and then you're like, okay, cool, I've got those ones covered. Where else? Let me let me bring the coach in and get them working with them on those particular things. And then we can really start to hit our strides and it's not just on the team leader to do fucking everything. And most importantly, then all of your team members and players feel like they're contributing and then you're going to get a, that that is when they go above and beyond for you. Yeah. They're they're turning up for more than just the the hourly rate and they're they're a part of it. It's, It's starting to become their identity and yeah, that's not a bad thing that they're, they're becoming, what they're doing. So um, now we, we spoke about the the coach sitting in the box so they've got a, a helicopter view. And I think, um, you know, that zoomed out picture of, of what's going on. And, and we touched on, you know, if, you, if you're right on the front line, you can't see what the other, the other team's doing in the back line. And so equally in your work environment, if you're on the front line and, you know, you're doing up the nuts and bolts and pumping the grease and all of that sort of stuff, you can't necessarily see the the reason, the why, the, you know, all, all you're doing is pumping 10 pumps of grease into a grease nipple and wondering what the hell for. And the important thing is, is that the coach knows firstly that that's the job for you and that you can do that, you know how to do that and, you know, understand how to do it effectively. But then, you know, their job is to take that information and apply it to, well, we need that so that that machine keeps going. Mm, yeah, they can and see to the close the loop. Yeah, and to close the loop, if we keep the machine going well, you don't have to fix it. All you have to do is look after it. And I'm pretty certain that most machines are easier to keep keep running than fix. It a machine in any situation, the machine of the business, anything like that, right? Maintaining something is better than than fixing it. So, like the, the reframe I want to give to. The, the managers, business owners, uh, the the up level. So we've got the team leader that's kind of 
working with the the individual units and might be on the shop floor or like even in the marketing departments, like in charge of running the marketing team on a day-to-day basis, it's that next level up, right? So this is where we can often see the managers waterfall the shit down the chain. Um, like if they're getting pressure from above or from below, being below the line, the the budget line or the, the uh, P&L line and, you know, the stress comes down the chain, the the role of the coach is not to put that stuff down upon them, right? They want to be able to see the big picture. You're not, you're as a coach, you're not telling them every single thing that's going on in the other team. You're only passing along what's relevant and what's going to get the outcome. But most importantly, the role of the coach, just like in a football team, it's to coach, but the role of a leader, the manager is to coach and to look at what's working, what's not working, what's the individual strengths of the person and to really help them by giving great quality feedback. Like I joke about that. The coach that I had was a shit coach. I'm sorry. Like yelling at us. He got like, anyway, yelling at us and telling us not to catch balls with our teeth didn't help us catch any better because then we freaked out and got panicked rather than going, oh, do you know what you're doing? I've figured out what it is. When you're taking off from the line and you go to hard step and cut across field ready to take a take the ball from the quarterback you are actually you're turning your shoulders first not your head and so your head's coming around too late your hands aren't up on time and your diamond's not directly in front of your face your diamond's down here hence ball hits face not diamond (laughs) right that's helpful feedback (laughs) Not don't catch yeah, ball with your absolutely. team. Absolutely. Right? Because at one stage my my response was, well, maybe the fucking quarterback could figure out that I've got my hands out here and my face down here and hit my hands and not my face. <laughs> right? If I didn't know any better. And now we've got everyone offside. And now everyone's pissed off. And I'm still yep. not getting the ball. Uh, and that's why I become a running no back. No one's catching the ball and no one's scoring. <laughs> and this is why I become a running back and just take the hand off from the, and no catching with the face. Um, <laughs> apparently too short to be a wide receiver. Because uh, I did, my hands are trying to get up here above all of the defenders. <laughs> uh, yeah, reassign again, this is reassigning roles based on physical attributes as well. Miniature human, running back. But this is like the, the role of the manager, the person that's got the helicopter view, should be going in and going, what feedback can I give these individuals to help them to actually move in the right direction. Not just tell them all the shit things. If you just tell them the shit things where your focus goes, energy flows, right? So if you keep focusing on the shit, you keep talking about hitting in the mouth, you're going to keep getting hit in the mouth, right? Thank God for mouth guards. But you you really need to think about it. And, and I think so many managers have only ever had that top-down, looking at the negative, setting a goal but not actually going Actually, if we just, my, like my sprint coach, amazing. He'd be like, okay, cool. The, the, we can get an extra two seconds out of you. If you could just drive your elbows that on the 90, just that little bit more. He goes, at the moment, you're swinging it out. You're swinging it out. And you're like, how's that even going to make a difference? And he's like, well, because when you do that, your core's going to switch on and you're slightly deviating. And I reckon we can get two seconds. 
Yep. And identifying all the pieces that go into making not only the individual, but the team perform well. Yeah. And, and focusing on the, on, I think helping to focus on one thing at a time, like, like, do you know what I mean? And it, this is why I think the feedback loops being in shorter timeframes is so important, right? I don't want to work on the elbow drive for half a, like half a year because great elbow drive, nothing else, right? But if we do half yearly or quarterly feedback or, do you know what I mean? There's, there's too much space in between where we, we can be shorting that and, and really adjusting the performance of our people like so much quicker. Yep, yep. I think when we take all of those pieces and look at it, I think probably one of the key things that the the manager, the coach needs to, to keep in mind is that there's a time where they need to be involved with directly with the people, you know, with the workers, so to speak. And there's a time when they need to trust the captain to take their instructions and run. And it might not be your way. It might not be exactly what you were anticipating was going to happen, but you need to take the trust or have the trust in that captain to and the team leader to get the stuff done. You've given them all the pieces. You've given them the coach and the individual coaching. You've had the one-on-ones. You've done all of that stuff. Now let the captain run the team, get the fuck out of their way, let them do it. I love it. I think that's the mic drop. And the mic drop is on, if you are the manager, I want you to think about how can you trust your captain more and how can you give them the skill? Like how do you coach them so that they can be that man on the ground for you? And if you're the team leader, if you're the captain, what can you do to look at your current team and figure out which position on the field they should be in and how you can maybe like give them the ball more yeah definitely so we've we've talked all about the coach and captain today or the team leader and the manager um you know it's it's really important to consider that as a network not a hierarchy think about the different roles that those people play so if you're the team leader you know understand that you're in the front line you're in the trenches but you don't know everything and if you're the manager you've got the overall picture but you're not on the front line so you still don't know everything you both need to work together you both need to trust each other and um, get on with it and do the best with your teams awesome thanks so much kyle see you next week thanks for listening to the team engineered podcast are you ready to build a kick-ass team weaponize your workforce and live an epic life If so, connect with us at www.teamengineered.com. And while you're at it, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.